Welcome to Outdoors. I'm Brian. I'm here at the Forest Service District Ranger Building in Bozeman with Corey Llewellyn and Wendy Urie. Thanks for being on the podcast. Glad to be here. It's great to be able to talk about our new forest plan and some ongoing uh, opportunities here in the district. And having a new forest plan, it, it takes some time. You know, we've been operating, you know, in our, our existing forest plan, I think was 1987. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so we got this new forest plan. We're all in all very excited about it. Feel like it's it's a good inclusive document that's gonna set us up for success <laughs> serving the community and, and it's gonna take some time. It takes a little time to, to transition out of a document that was thirty years old and, and with a mm-hmm. brand new one. And um, we've got an implementation committee on our forest that's that's focused as we speak about Hey, there's quite a few kind of some changes with how we're going to do whether it's whether it's you know grazing or what are mm-hmm. some of the new recommended wilderness areas, some of the new backcountry areas that we have, and so in, none of that stuff is real overnight. Like tomorrow, we it's going to take some time to mm-hmm. kind of get that set up and implemented. So maybe a little patience as we as we walk through and kind of get things set up over the next next year. Or so. mm-hmm. Yep, and every everything about the forest plan is on our website. Everything from the very beginning are. You know, there's there's videos from open house meetings that we had four or five years ago, and there's you know the existing maps and our EIS and proposed actions and various different alternatives about recommended wilderness area. All of that is on our our forest website. So to start off, um, can you talk a little bit about your role in the Forest Service and what your uh, your d- different job duties are? You know, as as a district ranger, the that position is the kind of the administrative responsible official for a geographic unit of, of national forest land. And so in this case, um, you know, supervisor and manager of, of actions on within the Bozeman Ranger District administrative unit. And so that's about, I think the district is 560,000 acres somewhere, somewhere along those lines. And so as a district ranger, you're kind of that first line, what we call line officer, first level line officer. Um, and again, kind of re- responsible for managing the multiple use aspects across the entire ranger district. And how many districts are there in the Custer Gallatin National Forest? Oh, good question. I think we're at seven. Yep. We're a really diverse national forest, you know, mm-hmm. 3.1 million acres um, from, from Camp Crook um, over there on the east side of our, our national forest all the way to West Yellowstone, um, the Hebgen Lake Ranger District mm-hmm. to the south of us here. So we're a pretty large national forest. And I'm the recreation program manager for Bozeman Ranger District. And so I manage everything from the trail systems to the campgrounds, our very popular historic cabins that we rent, um, to outfitter guides and races and events and all sorts of other fun things. <laughs> Great. So talking about the land management plan, from each of your perspectives, what does a land management plan mean for you and specifically the one that was just developed the land management plan, it, it really is the, the overarching guiding document that's going to help set our forest up for success in the next 10 plus years. Um, it's, it is, you know, kind of like what we say that that 30,000 foot level, um, cause it does cover the entire national forest. I think through our revision process, we had a, a really transparent, really engaged process with the community, looking at the best available science and, looking at existing conditions and, and where we want to see our landscapes managed in the future. So really looking at that desired future conditions and, and that forest plan kind of sets us up to help guide our, our day-to-day management, if you will, to meet those long-term goals that are set up in our forest plan to manage the resources and then also to serve the community um, that are local within our ranger districts. To my program perspective, you know, it was a very involved public process and 
you know, it it tells me what my public is looking for from a recreation perspective and also maybe a designated areas, special areas like wilderness and wild and scenic river or recommended wilderness, how I should manage my program to meet those expectations mm. and those goals that are in the plan, or where we should putting, be putting our time and effort about what the priorities are in those areas. And as it was being developed, how, how involved were you in that, in that process? I, we were we were very involved, um, kind of at, at a couple of different levels. I mean, from the public engagement, we we hosted several en- engagement opportunities throughout the Bozeman Ranger District. And we started pre-COVID, <laughs> and so we had some great face-to-face um, kind of <laughs> open house meetings that we were at. Gosh, we had well over 100 folks show up for those <laughs> meetings, and we had a series of those meetings. And, you know, Wendy and I both were involved in all of those, helping, helping kind of facilitate the meetings. And then, you know, some of the meetings were actually – breakout sessions where we really dove into a specific topic and we had, you know, listening sessions from the community to, about, as Wendy said, what's important to you? How do you want to see this landscape managed? And, and without question, I mean, recreation is by far one of the biggest driving influences for us, and especially in Bozeman. We were pretty busy over the last several years with it. You know, the forest plan, it's, it's obviously a really diverse document that covers all of the various different aspects of our multiple use management. And so you know, we had kind of larger general discussions about, you know, forest-wide standards and guidelines. And then we had our, our geographic areas. And so we would have really specific discussions about just the Gallatin range. But then, then we would also have really specific discussions about just recreation and just wildlife and soils and vegetation management. And so various specialists throughout our, our district of the forest, they would, you know, Wendy would, would meet with just her, her colleagues and peers with the recreation program throughout the entire forest and say, hey, yeah. what about recreation? How can we really help provide input? And now it's happening across all of our resource areas, kind of in parallel with everything else going mm-hmm. on. So pretty pretty robust process, I feel. Luckily, we do have built-in systems, database mm-hmm. systems that track all of that, track comments and how mm-hmm. we respond to comments. And, you know, but yeah, that was a very large task. Mm-hmm. I don't know off the top of my head how many comments we got, but it was... Thousands, thousands, yeah. yeah. Within the thousands, and and we are fortunate. That some of the automated systems help us kind of, you know, at least populate that. But then to review and and analyze that's that really is where our forest planner vision team and like like our team leader Virginia Kelly, you know, they you know phenomenal job, and the entire team did a phenomenal job, and they they really dove in and, and went through all of those comments and categorized them by kind of resource area or by group or by designated you know interest in recommended wilderness and. <laughs> And yeah, it's it was a lot of work, um, and our, our our revision team did a phenomenal job going through that process. Hmm. What what were some of the most surprising things to come out of it? What and is there anything that kind of caught you off guard or things that resonated that you weren't aware of previously? I would say it was, it was encouraging. You know, the hmm. diversity of comments and the hmm. amount of comments it just showed how important public lands are to our community and. And we did, we had comments that just covered everything you could ever think of from one end of the spectrum to the other. Um, and so I, if anything, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was just kind of enlightening. It was encouraging, you know, it's just mm-hmm. not, not that it was a surprise. Like we know we have really engaged communities and people are passionate about their public lands. Um, and so, but, but it was, it was pretty impressive. The amount of comments covering the gamut mm-hmm. that we had. Yeah, we knew people were going to want to talk about wilderness mm-hmm. or we knew people were going to want to talk about opportunities to recreate in general and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But 
You know, we also heard from some very passionate, energetic groups about pack goats and and packing (laughs) with goats or backcountry landing strips. And Mm -hmm. like Corey said, there was a full gamut of interest in participating. Hmm. Yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about some of these higher impact areas? Um, So we've talked about highlight or we know about highlight. What are some of the other ones that you'd say that people's comments about uh, recreation impact? You know, there's a lot of interest in the bridgers in general. Um, just a lot of our day use Bozeman-centric recreation happens mm-hmm. in the bridgers. Um, you know, with the M being sort of the poster child for recreation mm-hmm. in the bridgers. Um, and Fairy Lake, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of discussion about how we recreate in the Gallatin Range and the Wilderness Study Area um, was a big big topic I would say and what what sort of things coming out of the plan are going to be the biggest adjustments that people might notice doing human powered trail adventuring I don't think there'll be any like immediate overnight changes you know a lot of our our specific changes to our trail uses or whether it's motorized versus non-motorized you know that all comes down to our travel plan Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know our travel plan has been in place since 2006 Um, so I don't I guess I can't think of any like immediate changes that you know right that currently now with the new plan that that you know our public is like oh this is a complete change from Mm -hmm. from before yeah especially how people use trails and Mm -hmm. that travel management um i on this district i don't see whether the public will see a big change in the Hmm. the near future one of the things that come out of our conversation with mary was about the you know the greater yellowstone ecosystem especially Mm -hmm. elk migration and wildlife um, so what, were there any kind of impacts just looking, I don't know if that's a newer thing that's being looked at, obviously has been since the last plan, <laughs> um, about these massive, you know, greater Yellowstone ecosystem kind of broader picture. How, how does that impact, um, recreational use? It was, it was very clear about the opportunity we have to connect ecosystems here in the greater Yellowstone, um, ecosystem specifically on the Bozeman Ranger district. So something that's, that's, I would say is, is pretty unique to our forest plan that um, definitely not in any existing or older forest plans and, and maybe something we'll start seeing in some new forest plans as other forests are starting to update is that we we did allocate what's called a key linkage area specifically to help with that habitat connectivity piece kind of kind of in the spirit of of the diversity of, of animals that we have in Yellowstone and the greater Yellowstone ecosystem and as they you know, come north and trying to have opportunities to connect into the northern part of our state. And so um, with, with uh, the modeling and the research that we put into it, it's a really unique opportunity in the northern Gallatin Range um, as it comes out of now recommended wilderness and connects into the Bridger Range and mm-hmm. trying to provide that opportunity for habitat connectivity moving north and south between these ecosystems. So what that means for us in, in this allocation is this this key linkage area. It's it's essentially kind of the northern part of the Gallatin Range as it comes out of recommended wilderness. And then the entire Bridger Range and everything west of the of the Bridger Divide. Because hmm. we have a lot of inventory roadless area and through the research it really showed that that's an area that has a, a lot of opportunity for for all animals to be able to migrate and that's kind of the, the picture. It's it's not necessarily just during the spring or necessarily during the fall, but over the over the life of our plan, providing opportunities for wildlife to be able to, to kind of freely migrate without 
without you know, pure obstruction. And so mm-hmm. as it relates to the recreation aspect, part of part of that KLA, you know, we we're not going to be building brand new infrastructure that's going to that's going to impact that type of, of migration. Mm-hmm. So really specifically, we're not going to be building a brand new trail system in the West of Bridgers just for recreation uses. We're going to have if any kind of management we have, it's going to have to be done in, in kind of the the in, in the benefit of trying to maintain that habitat connectivity. And so that's not an immediate overnight change, but over the life of the plan, you know, it's going to really kind of shape how we manage that part of our of our district within that KLA and with what type of infrastructure and recreational activities we have. And it does include a segment south of town, too, in mm-hmm. the Bozeman Creek over through Bear Canyon-ish mm-hmm. drainage as well. You know, we're going to have to carefully balance those demands for that kind of use in that air in that key linkage area with the needs of the wildlife moving through. So, you know, to, to meet some of the recreational demands of our public here, we're going to need to look other places. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, you know, adding to our recreational opportunities and facilities. Mm. I think that's important to, you know, to clarify, we're talking about new use and new infrastructure it's, right. it's not changing existing you know mm-hmm. none of the trail systems are changing in that kla none of the existing use right now we're not out there closing trails or removing trailheads that the existing system is in place and, and it really just came down to we know the amount of growth and and increase of of growth that we're having here in the community and and realizing that we have a really unique habitat just in this area, it was kind of an opportunity to say, hey, we're, we're going to really try to prioritize this unique connectivity option while we're also seeing this incredible amount of growth and demand in our landscape mm-hmm. and, try, and trying to balance that for that wildlife piece. Mm-hmm. The east side of the Bridger Range is part of the forest plan. We have a what we're calling a recreation emphasis area mm-hmm. that encompasses the Bridger Bowl area, the area adjacent to Crosscut, um, and then as you go north, to the Fairy Lake zone, mm-hmm. where we already have some, con- you know, concentrated recreation use and high development with the ski area and the Fairy Lake campgrounds and access there. Mm-hmm. And so we designated that area as a place where, hey, this is a place where we want to emphasize recreation and look at how we mm-hmm. develop the recreation opportunities into the future there. Mm-hmm. Discussing, I think a big p- part of it is working collaboratively with various partners and interest mm. entities in the case of that piece of landscape, Bridger Bowl, Crosscut, um, the various user groups that value that er- those areas, um, whether it's winter recreationists, skiers and whatnot, to mountain bikers, to the horsemen, to whoever's using that country and trying to get a sense of what it is they're looking for what they're currently doing and what they see as opportunities, um, mm-hmm. connecting trails, improving trailheads, mm-hmm. like you said, providing better parking, um, improving the access, mm-hmm. whether it's improving the existing roads or maybe there's an opportunity to gain a new access point or something. How much use are we getting of some of our really popular trails? And that's kind of helping guide, kind of wrap our head around opportunities. And we, we do know what trailheads, you know, by, you know, like as Wendy said, like the M, 
is basically packed every single day. Right. Um, <laughs> and so, so part of helping make that decision and kind of guide us on some opportunities is just looking at areas that we already know we have an area of, of, mm-hmm. of crowding, parking lots too full, there's people parking in the highway, there's a safety concern. Mm-hmm. And, and, and tying it to the forest plan is going to really help us guide that because, as, as Wendy said, on the west side of the Bridgers, that's in that, that key linkage area, and, and that's going to really guide how we manage some of the recreational opportunities Whereas on the east side, we've got this recreation, we have a recreation emphasis area, and it's going to really help support and promote increased recreational opportunities. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're kind of looking at various different pieces, um, existing conditions, and some of this new information, and then letting the forest plan kind of help us guide the right place to do some of that work. Hmm. We're accommodating a wide range of public. I mean, we have, we have the public mm-hmm. that wants the real wild trail experience, um, and then we have the public that's looking for more of a... I mean, I kind of joke sometimes the M is the local workout zone. Mm-hmm. It's it's where you go to get your, your workout. Um, and so we've got that whole continuum of interests and user types that we're trying to accommodate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, and then, you know, it doesn't have to all be just in one one spot, you know, and, and tying it back into the forest plan. You know, we've been we've been talking about this recreation emphasis area on the east side of the Bridgers, but we have we have other rec emphasis areas throughout the Bozeman district in the new forest plan. And you know, highlight is a rec emphasis area. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have the Storm Castle rec recreation emphasis area there on the west side of the Gallatin Range, and we already had some existing motorized opportunities in that drainage, and and so we thought, gosh, this could be another another place to even add on to that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's a rec emphasis area, and when you read in the forest plan it has an emphasis on motorized use and motorized opportunities. And so, you know, we're going to, we're going to look at those multiple use opportunities and some areas on our, our plan, especially here in the district, it may be, well, that's a better kind of motorized opportunity. And here's Tammy, it may be a better non-motorized opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the force plan set, really, in my opinion, set us up pretty well, I think, to, to look at those options across our district. Hmm. So where can people go to learn more about the existing trail openings and um, you know that sort of information and that's up to date? We have a fancy new upgraded <laughs> website. Mm-hmm. And on the website, going through the website to the maps on our website with both the visitor use map hmm. and then there's motorized use maps specifically hmm. for mm-hmm. the motorized crowd but the motorized use maps also have all our road openings so that's a key thing whether you're a hiker or or atv or motorcyclist um those maps are really valuable to figure out when gates open especially this time of year huh? right yes. that's a, that's a very popular uh, <laughs> yep. uh question and in fact there's a hiking facebook group that they, I think, have developed a drinking game around the question of when does the Fairy Lake Road open, <laughs> um, which I find entertaining. But yeah, yeah um, and and I think a lot of our um, maybe newer residents to the valley that aren't used to living in winter climates, you look at the west side of the Bridgers mm-hmm. that melts off early, mm. and it looks like there's no snow, and you should be able to drive anywhere, and you drive around on the east side where it's more shaded, and the roads are still very snowy mm-hmm. so um those tools on our website are really helpful to figure out where you can go when we have our, our closures in place for you know protecting our roads so they don't get you know they get too wet and they get muddy and then we, we have to maintain them but as Wendy said it's you know we're all ready to like very quickly including myself you know I want to I want to transition from you know skiing winter today tomorrow's mountain bike right. you know and <laughs> 
and you see these sunny opportunities and and you go around the corner on some trail on your mountain bike, you're hiking and you're on a north facing slope and there's a six foot drift in the trail. <laughs> and um and it's you know, it's kind of a shout out to our partners with the sheriff's office and the search and rescue. You know, they're they're busy year round, but they're actually really busy this year. You know, there's folks out and about, you know, kind of kind of prepared for more of their quick summer outing. Mm-hmm. And the the more you know adventurous they get, going through one drift to the next drift. Next thing they know, they're they're kind of in a really tough spot. Um, mm-hmm. and they're not quite prepared for the conditions, and then all of a sudden you get a, a snowstorm like we have right now, mm-hmm. and they're in a pretty tough spot. And so um, it is tough. It's tough this time of year because we're all ready to go enjoy <laughs> our summer recreation, but we got a ways to go really yeah, and so. it can be really deceiving down here in the valley yeah, yeah the grass is green yep. and everything's lovely and i remember one spring it was i think it was april and i was at the highlight gate where the highlight roads closed in the spring and and there's snow still at the gate and i was and it's crowded there's cars everywhere and i was putting my shoes on and out of the corner of my eye i see this vehicle pull up and it was a truck with a with a boat <laughs> looking to go to Highlight Lake, and I was, and they're sitting there like, why is the gate closed? <laughs> but yeah, it, it it's deceiving. <laughs> the pains of the shoulder season. Huh? Yeah. But yeah, but that's a good good plug about this information. Our new force new force website is is good, user friendly and that information's on there, and yeah. definitely encourage folks to take a look for driving a couple hours over to come do something and realize the gate's closed because that's a tough. Great. We'll make sure to put a link in the in the description down below. Perfect. Well, thanks for your time, and uh, until next time, happy trails. Thank you.